and welcome to the 30th installment of Keen Minds. We were covering the season finale of the Blacklist Redemption, Whitehall Conclusion. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Seigel. I am Tessa from Criminally Sane in Tumblr. And oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. It was an episode that I, you know, I'm don't like describing things as epic too much because you use it too much and it loses the meaning but i would say this one came pretty close i yeah um i i will admit and we talk about tessa and i talk a lot about adjusting theories and readjusting and admitting when you're wrong and so this is the moment that i and i've said it on tumblr but i will also say it here on the podcast i will admit that i am pretty sure i was wrong at this point I've been saying for ages now that I thought that this was just an eight-episode arc, that it was not meant to go into season two. The, yeah, they set that up for a season two. I was wrong. So, oh well. <laughs> Moving on from yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Because I, 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 I had just, a, I had a few... to have a season two now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could, you know, they could technically wrap all this in the blacklist, but I think they are, they were always gearing towards I think a second season and I always said I think that they're what they're doing is they're setting up a series that they could transfer the characters from the actors that would agree to go on um, because James Spader is not a person to want to do 20 seasons of something even if the blacklist could support it which I don't think it can but I think that some of the other characters can support more seasons and more characters coming in and out. And that Redemption seems to be just the, the, the vehicle for that. And at that time, it would be under the helm of Tom. Yeah, and that would be awesome. I, yeah, I, I do think Tom may come out at the top of Halcyon by the end of all this. I mean, he, Howard did say at one point, the only decent person in our family. <laughs> this poor guy. I just... I, I honestly, as much as I love Tom, I've never, I won't say never, but I rarely, until Redemption, felt the need to, like, wrap him, wrap him in a protective blanket and protect him from the world. Because he can kind of do that himself. I mean, I've never been too worried about him getting totally trampled. Oh my gosh, this show and this poor guy, it's like... Just give him a breather and let someone love him. Just let him go home to his family at this point. <laughs> well, it's interesting because both both him and Liz now have the a very similar relationship with their father or father figure, if you want to not accept that that Red is Liz's father. That, you know, they both feel that they get, you know, yes, protected, yes, used, and they're not sure exactly where they stand at any given moment with them. Well, I don't think Tom knows that Howard's a baddie right now. Um, well, he knows something is, is he wrong. He knows something's up, but, I mean, we have no idea how much Kat told him at the end of the episode. I mean, she falls into his hotel room and says that that um, the truth is on the, the disc and that it was him, I believe, was the statement she made. Or he, he did it or something. It's, she doesn't use a name. She's talking about Trevor. Maybe talking about Howard. Who knows? It's not like Trevor admitted to anything there. But Tom doesn't know Trevor. Tom, As far as we're aware, Tom doesn't know Trevor even exists or anything no. about that. And so when she says it was him, 
who's he supposed if she passed out right after that which would be very you know i mean if, if her adrenaline rush ran off which pass you know keeling over would suggest it did she was going to be out very quickly after that mm. and so and, and i also think that we know why tom doesn't uh, get to the blacklist pro in the first few episodes i have a feeling that the first few episodes although they may take weeks in real time in the blacklist i think that in blacklist time they're going to take place over a few maybe a few days um i I don't think we're gonna have that um well we're gonna have that flashback episode too i i saw that on tumblr this morning they released some stuff Mm. for that and oh my gosh kaplan baby liz all of that like it looks so amazing i'm so excited like i'm just looking and going mythology (laughs) yeah i'm wondering i mean am i gonna have to scrap my theory and and adjust severely throw it out completely i never throw them out completely put them in the back burner because you never know this is the blacklist they've come back before it's sure that they will if they get discarded or will i have or will i have a yay moment yep and that's that's kind of how redemption has been for me in a whole i i've got a document set up and i want to do a complete rewatch of redemption before I, i end up posting it but i've got a set of all my theories that redemption just tanked and I've got several on there. I've got four or five on there that I had steady theories about Tom's past that Redemption just nuked. I mean, and that's fine. It's it's fascinating to me as a Tom fan to have those answers. They're answers that I honestly didn't think I was ever going to have. And being a writer, my brain fills in holes of information I don't have with ideas and headcanons. Mm-hmm. And hence the reason I have like I think over 121 shots right now <laughs> in the Truth and the Lies series <laughs> that you know just all these ideas of conversations that we don't see on screen and things that could happen mm. did happen would happen you know that's what how my brain works I mean that's why I tend to have what turn into AU series written over hiatuses is because my brain doesn't want to stop but you know I, I have weeks and months of no information and i'm going something has to give here oh look mm-hmm. it's an au <laughs> you know? oh see my the way my brain works when there is you know hiatus and it's um go back and sometimes just have the episodes running in the background so i'm kind of half listening half looking sometimes watching with that sound sometimes hearing them with the the visuals and that's how i find a lot of things when things start to click i i have a mind that makes uh look basically it's a pattern recognition uh, software that I have in my head. Uh, yeah, I can uh, see that. I, I've said for a long while that your mind is kind of a steel trap. <laughs> the way your well, brain works is impressive. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, the see, I'm blushing. You you can't see that, but I'm blushing, uh, and I don't blush easily. So anyway, I think that that uh, the black this is going to require that over the summer hiatus, maybe we set up a few episodes, and we do um, a, a whole. Uh, for season four uh, of the blacklist um, and also uh, an entire redemption because I think that once we go through an entire rewatch of redemption, like a binge watch, like you watch all eight episodes within one day or two days, a lot of things that we haven't seen are becoming apparent because that's been my, my experience with the blacklist things that you don't even notice once you watch them right after the other. 
Yes, and also when you have information. It's, like, in the blacklist, for that example, once we knew Tom wasn't the innocent school teacher, you could go back and you'd see Jacob Phelps bleeding through what was then just a mask of Tom King that he was wearing. Or more of a mask than anything, you know. The, mm-hmm. You could see these instances where the real him was bleeding through this sweet, innocent, little doe-eyed teacher that he was mm-hmm. putting on. And you, you saw him through that. And Brian's impressive with the way he does that with his eyes. I don't, I don't know how he does it. Um, but I, I do have a feeling that we're, and I sat there this whole episode, and I will say that sometimes I get so emotionally invested in characters and ideas that I will miss major signs, mostly because I'm covering my eyes, plugging my ears, and singing la 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 because I don't want them to happen. <laughs> I did that back with the baby arc um, in season three of The Blacklist. That, I mean, it it probably should have hit me over the head. They're doing this. You know they're doing this. And I went, I don't want this to happen. Thankfully, they've changed my mind, so it's okay. And so I have more faith moving forward that they're capable of doing that. Mm. But... I must have been alone, you know, very alone in the universe thinking... This is really a great idea that they're doing this because I knew that was going to happen. I've always said you only have to look at um, 102 when they meet by the pier. And we have two very interesting signs in there. You know, Red and Liz are by the pier. They're both in their evening dresses. And there is, one, a fisherman in the pier. And, B, a woman with a baby girl. And we know it's a baby girl because she's dressing pink from head to toe. And walking a dog. So that was, for me, it was pretty clear. That's where they're going. They're giving us the the symbols. And and they're going there. And looking back, yes, we had so many. But, and that's what I'm saying, is that sometimes when I get... I try not to get too fixated, but sometimes I do. I will admit that. Everybody has their things they do. And I I think Howard was one of those. I was so determined that Tom needed a good father figure, because I've always wanted a good father figure for Tom. I'm I'm a huge fan of father-son stressed relationships that, that work out. I'm a big fringe fan. I loved it in Once Upon a Time. That sort of thing. Just the, those relationships, the father that that screws up so badly and the son that, you know, isn't the best in the world, but, you know, them trying to come to some sort of understanding between them. And I thought we were going to find that with Howard and Tom. And, and we you still, may might. Not be, we still you... might, but, but yeah. so I was so determined, especially after that moment, I think that was last week, with him, with Tom so distraught over the fact that he had failed Howard and Howard going, that's fine, moving on, and basically being the anti-bud. And mm-hmm. I was so proud, so excited for it. That was like, he cannot be evil. You don't even understand. He cannot be evil or this is going to just bring my heart crashing down. And I'm sure everybody heard me wailing last night. Yeah, <laughs> I think I heard something all the way in New York. <laughs> it's okay. But, I have a friend but, over in Mumbai that said she thought she heard me too. So. There you go. But there is something There is something that you, that you, don't, you don't lose track of this. When we watch the blacklist, even though our point of view kind of shifts shifts between characters, we don't really know that Red has not been doing some of the same things with Liz. In fact, we have had, and I would have to really rack my brain to get you know those specific instances where where Red has been. Even though Red does not like to listen, obviously Howard has 
no such compulsion not to fly, <laughs> uh, that he is also not manipulating Liz into having her do what he needs her to do. So we don't really know. And I, you know, I'm sure I would have, you know, we need to think a little bit to get this, but those instances have been at least, um, suggested, even if I could find a better adjective, a little less strong that suggested would be even better in the blacklist. So I wouldn't be, um, so sure that you can say, hey, Howard is a bad dad just because he was trying to get Tom to do something and he had a very specific plan and everything worked like clockwork, yeah. which also let you know, I am thoroughly convinced that, that Scotty is Tom's mom and that Howard is Howard, is Tom's dad. I don't think there is a fake Howard. I think that is Howard. And you don't they think it's a pot person? I, I don't think it's a pot person. Um, you know, I could be wrong. I'm going to say I'm 70% into that he is Howard. I just think that there is another layer of of uh, things happening here that we have not even scratched. And I've based that on a, on a comment by Scotty talking with that board member saying we cannot let Howard upset everything that we have been working on. Yeah. Append everything we've been working on. So that lets you know that Scotty has an underlying... Uh, agenda that we haven't seen any of it and that Howard obviously had one because he was working with Whitehall and the whole thing was a uh, uh, setup. So assuming that Howard is a bad guy and Scott is a good, the good uh, gal, it's not going to be so simple. I still think that this is all a, a kind of situation that is going to be very similar to what I think we're going to find with, with Red and Katarina. Wait a minute, are you saying that these characters are deep gray characters? Is that what you're trying to say? No, they are so deeply in the gray. I'm not sure if we could even call it gray anymore. <laughs> I, just, I mean, this, yeah. I, poor Tom, he really is. Like, it, for all of his mess ups over the years, for all of his own deep grayness and pretty harsh things he's capable of doing. I think he really is the shining light in their family. Well, and also, you know, if, think about this. I mean, Howard did tell him everything in your training have been gearing you for this. I mean, preparing you for this. Which kind of terrifies me that he might have set things into motion with Tom. Like, because we still have no idea why Tom went missing. That's still a... And, and I thought I had heard that we were going to at least get that answer by the finale. It was just, I mean, and obviously. No, we just, we just heard that there was going to be a roller coaster that was going to turn around. We got some answers. Yes, we did. Just not the answers we expected. And that and is a blacklist. very blacklist <laughs> thing to do. Um, Damn it, blacklist. Uh, which character do you want to talk? We've talked a little in general. Right, which yeah. one do you want to talk about first? I was going to say, because I, I have a couple of theories that I've already got into motion for Howard, but let's let's get to that when we get to it. Um, mm. Let's start with Dumont. Um, because I feel oh, like... Oh, wow. I mean, like, Adrian hit it out of the park. And we, we've talked about before on this podcast that Dumont is very much a character that's he's kind of mirroring Tom in this... Who do I trust him? You know, Team Scotty, Team Howard. You know, who do I trust? And it boiled down to, for him, Kat's answer, did she tell you? You know, has she been lying to all of us? And if she has, 
I can't trust her and I've got to make a choice right here, right now. I can't choose to be neutral. And I thought it was interesting that he didn't get up and walk away when Howard gave that that um, option mm-hmm. to people. Because I, I almost expected Dumont to stand up, pack his bags, and leave it just be like, I'm out. <laughs> you know? Well, I got the feeling from watching uh, Dumont and Howard and all this, especially when he went upstairs and says, well, you know, he's alive. And uh, Howard did. And Tommy's our son that Dumont was, he's always known that Scotty keeps things from everybody. He told that to Tom, you know, every day and twice on Sunday. But I I do think that there was a, a, um, a component of admiration for for Howard, very a little similar to what we see with Aram and Red. There is there is an, an intellectual you know infatuation that is going on in there. Well, you saw that when Howard said, "How did we get in here?" And you know, I mean, he was pointing that out to to Dumont. How mm-hmm. did we get in here? You got them in, and I mean, it was it was very blatantly a, you know, I outsmarted Scotty. I now need you on my side. I, I am this individual that has this intelligence now. I need you on my side because I respect. I see and respect your intelligence. I, and and you know one of the things most most you know Adrian really did a great job. This was this was a very harsh one because he's the one that is in the middle of this. I mean, Ness chose a side and. Solomon chose a side, and he's the one remaining in the middle from this little cluster of characters that is really, um, you know, having to go back and forth in this thing. And, and you see the, the ever since last episode, he's been having a hard time processing who to trust. Well, I mean, we saw, we saw in an earlier episode his own family life. You have a brother that's willing to betray him at the drop of a hat. That so much that he went in there and told him what he told him because he knew that his brother would betray him. Like, he Mm -hmm. used that. He went in banking on that. And there was also the comment from the brother, you used to be mom's favorite. So, Mm -hmm. you get the impression Dumont's on the out with his family for whatever reason. You know, we don't know why yet, you know, specifically. And so Halcyon is his family. You know, the, these people are the ones that he trusts, that he cares about. And I think to have Scotty hide that from him, it, it's, it goes to the point that there are lines that get crossed. You know, mm-hmm. some, you know, national security things, it's need to know. Uh, your husband, a.k.a. my other boss, is still alive, might should have told me about that. Tom Keen is your son, might should have let us know before you, you know, set us after him, chasing him down, and said that he'd stolen secrets. You know, mm-hmm. it just, certain things that she lied about and the way she phrased, I can completely understand why Dumont's offended by that. And it's, it's a smack to his own loyalty, in a way, that mm-hmm. she didn't trust him. That she, and so... When you've got those questions working, you know, and then suddenly all of this comes out, I don't blame him for questioning Scotty. I mean, I still don't trust Scotty. I even, I mean, I I, I still like Scotty. I still think she's been set up. 
she's oh, not she would set out for this that's for sure she's not squeaky clean though i mean she's no. got a lot of secrets and red was right scotty has a lot of secrets Mm-hmm. There, there is also something very in- intriguing with Dumont, and is that you know that you said is like he's he's he in a way he has that that Ram thing of I I make up my own mind and my own loyalties. I'm not loyal to you because I work here like Solomon does. His loyalties are more more complex than that. Yeah. I agree. I think it's a very personal thing for him. And it's, I don't want to say it's an emotional thing is in a bad way, because I'm sure he's a very analytical individual, being being a hacker, being a coder. I mean, he's, but it's, and I loved that comment that he made, simple binary, mm-hmm. uh, simple binary choice here. Do I flip the switch or not? Did she tell you or not? And I, I just, the trust there and the the questions there on who to trust and all the people that were so close to Scotty. I mean, because the people on the outside that, that Howard was greeting when he was walking in, mm-hmm. the people standing around, they weren't on the inner, inner circle. Dumont was. Dumont, mm-hmm. Solomon, Nez. They are her elite team. They, they are her A team out of there. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that do everything that she needs done. And so I think Dumont thought they were on a different level than Joe Schmo that mm-hmm. works in accounting. You know? <laughs> yeah, or or the other team leaders or the other oh. operators, um, you know, the the guy with the apple. Um, we've we've all we've all seen that Alcyon is not just them, but they are the elite super elite team, as you said. Uh, it was it was interesting that this episode. I don't think Dumont used tasting. I don't think he did either. I was thinking no. about that so earlier. So that was that was really an indication of what the deep level of uh, upheaval that he was going to, that nothing in there felt to him right. I mean, everything was feeling wrong. And, you know, he, he got Tom pointing a gun, you know, and he, Tom told him it was a tranquilizer gun, but... You know he was going to do it. I, I so just that, love I, that. I'm going to. Sh- I, I'm going to put. I'm going to shoot a tranquilizer at your face. And he went. You do that. You know. Try me. <laughs> it's like. It's. I, I think that, and, and we've said it before that Dumont really connected quickly with Tom. I think he trusted him quickly, connected with him quickly. He probably saw a lot of Scotty and Tom. And a lot of uh, of uh, Howard. Howard. Mm-hmm. I think they that everybody saw that, and everybody had a, a, an emotional reaction to that, even th- though they didn't know what they were seeing. I think yep. that's what they were seeing. Exactly. So it was it was very intriguing. It was a it was a fascinating episode, and and what, it's one of the characters that I'm really looking forward to watching in season two, and I hope they do get a season two. But I'm really interested in seeing what that dynamic is going to look on the in the future. Yeah, I, I think Dumont's character will certainly be one that, can, kind of like Aram, like we've said, uh, over on the Blacklist, the the audience character, you know? Who, who, do you, who are you supposed to trust, <laughs> you know? Yeah, very, very intriguing. Who you got next? Uh, Nez. I... That... Oh my God, Ness had amazing scenes in this one as well. Yeah, it's 
Tawny is just fantastic. Like I, I've mentioned it before, I've never seen her on anything else. And so like, mm-hmm. I, I knew that she had been on other things and that other people that I know like her really well, but I, I had never had personal experiences with her. She's amazing. Um, She just, she really hits yeah. every level that she needs to hit. What was the scene with her that you liked the best in this episode? Mm, probably her and Solomon's conversation. Either hers and Solomon's conversation or when Tom told the drug dealers they were done selling to her. That's and, my... That was called my... her his sister. I, I did love that because... Tom, Tom, I've said for a long time, Tom needs friends that aren't going to shoot him. You know, his best friend, I mean, even after he broke up with her, was probably still Gina, and she shot him. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that, honestly, on the blacklist, the only people who are not going to shoot you are not even your family. I mean, in the blacklist, we can say maybe your family will shoot you. But in Redemption, that's clearly not the case. <laughs> I know. You just can't trust anybody on Redemption. <laughs> Which is, you know, what I'd be saying about, you know, that, that scene of, of Liz and Tom and Red in, in, before the wedding. I've always felt, you know, there was a part, there was a big part that it was about, about Katerina as a parallel with Katerina. But I think a lot of it was, I mean... Kiddo, you don't know the Hargraves. <laughs> you think I'm bad. Wait until you meet Mr. and Mrs. Hargrave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you're going to come and say, are you the normalest person in the world? I know. You know. In which Red is the normal dad in here? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so so I, I think that there is there is a, a in, in that scene with Ness, to me, my favorite one was when when she, Tom told the dealers, you know, that because she didn't say anything. It was the way that she kind of looked up and said, oh, my God, exasperated, and then kind of accepted it. And all that without saying a word. And I thought it was a very well-placed scene. Um, and she seems to ask, you know, him about that later. It was a very, very tender. And again, because the, to me, the blacklist is a family love story. And in that family love story, it's not just a family that is ours by biology, some of which might actually try to kill us several times, but also the one in which we choose the one we find ourselves by circumstances, the one that ends up being... Well, we started the blacklist with an adoption. I mean, Tom and Liz were going to adopt. That's It's been a running theme. They've never dropped the adoption thing, even though they had a biological child. It's it's still so much a part of chosen family, and the fact that chosen family is no less family than blood relations. And I love, as as someone who's a huge fan of adoption, I love that theme. It's one of my favorites out of the blacklist. Well, and not just adoption, family. not just adoption, but also the 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 the, the, the co-workers that become our family, mm-hmm. the friends, even the people it, it like extends out. Yeah, yeah, like that's wrestler what I mean. and Tom that may start on such opposite sides of the law. And, uh, you know, not that they regard each other as family, but certainly they've come to understanding one another. And I think that those are also very important family ties. And I think that as we progress through the series, we're going to see that people are going to have to make a choice because in this world where Red lives and by extension where all these characters live, either you are with a family or you are not. And we have seen with Kate Kaplan what happens, even though you may be very close, you're not family. And when you betray me, this is what I do. 
in the family has another a different category. And I think Tom putting uh, Ness in that category was certainly a, a, an indication of his loyalty to Howard and his loyalty to Ness. Yeah. And um, as much as I loved that scene, I did love the scene between Ness and Solomon. Um, yes, that, that was. That was such a beautiful scene. And calling him Maddie. Like, I, I've had the first episode in, I started and I said that I thought that there was a possibility that they had had some sort of a relationship you know I wasn't sure if it was anything that was ever going to come out or if it was just me wanting that and uh Matez I think is the uh the ship name that got started on Tumblr and um I, I was a fan but as time went on I was like eh maybe not maybe they're just close co-workers you know whatever and I kind of lost interest in it it came back full force with this episode I lost my uh my Hargrave <laughs> squared and came back with Matez so lose one ship gain another it happens <laughs> Yeah, that that was a that was a beautiful scene. I also found interesting that um, he wasn't willing to shoot her. No, I don't think he would have. I think that I think that you're right. You've said it before. Matthias Solomon is a very loyal man. He just shrouds it in pretending it's all about the money. But when you've got his loyalty, you've got it. And he also didn't take a shot at Tom. I mean, he could have. I, mm-hmm. I did love that comment with Dumont. <laughs> you tried to, you tried to decapitate Solomon. <laughs> mm. No, we've tried to blow. We we blew a bomb up in his face. It's different. Yeah, yeah. he's not bothered by it, but he'd love to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when Tom shot him. You know, it's yeah. yeah. He wasn't bothered, but he'd love to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's it was a it's a very very interesting loyalty game. And I think that, you know, because it is compressed, if we were to compress the blacklist into eight episodes a season, we probably would see very much uh, similar themes. It just feels very different in the blacklist because we are extending and micro-examining things. And because the cast, the ensemble is much larger, we don't get to spend so much time with each one of the characters. Um, but in this case, it was, it was a, I mean, it was a beautiful scene. Um, I love the fact that she says, I'm coming for you. And, you know, she, it wasn't clear what she meant. And I'm not sure that she even know what it, yeah, what it meant I, at I that time. I love Solomon's response. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> so it, it's a, the whole thing is an, is a very interesting thing. I mean, she was, there was, there was so much going on in that scene that we, you know, under the surface, I was sure that the, the shippers will be all excited. Yeah, just making my it Mate- hard. My Matez ship is back on. It's back sailing. <laughs> so it's it, it it was it was a beautiful scene, and and she had great scenes. Um, when Howard asked them to come back to work together, and Tom says, "But they were trying to kill us," and you know Ness is more like, mm, okay. So I think that that. Which I did find interesting because Tom was the one that was like, no, Trank guns only. These people are just doing their jobs. Trank yeah, guns but only. And then one later thing he's is, like, well, but one thing is between killing them and the other one yeah. is between having to work with them. Yeah. So I found interesting that Nez was more willing to work with them after all that, that, that Tom was. Well, she was willing to work with Tom after Tom gut shot Solomon and left him to bleed out on the floor yeah. in the middle of an op. You know? Well, don't also remember that Nez is uh, a Navy. 
So she has that training, you know, we don't leave people behind. We, we work with everybody in, you know, you, you take care of one another. So if ordered to take care of one another, I think she, she tends to do that. She's, she's very much a soldier. Mm -hmm. And I love that about her. I really do. I, I was very happy that, that Nez ended up with as big of a part as she had. I've said it before that I was a little worried that she was going to kind of get shoved to the side when most of the preview stuff had was focusing on Scotty, Solomon, and Tom as the three blacklisters that had been on Red's list. And since she didn't make the list, she wasn't being advertised as much. I was worried that she was going to kind of be, mm-hmm. you know, the token female on the, on the team kind of thing. And she she's not. She's fleshed out. She's a deep, layered character, and I love her for it. I did find it interesting that she went to her drug buddies <laughs> for... Well, but because the drug buddies were army people, too, were Navy people. Okay. Remember at the beginning said, oh, I hope that you were going to be one that that um, stayed off. I, I didn't so... realize that they... I, I didn't make that connection, no. I It makes sense that they might have been. I mean, the I way always she made talks it about from... it. Yeah, from the beginning, I always figured out that they were that they were all um, army units. They, they seem to be a whole team going on of all previous army uh, bodies or navy bodies. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least the the main dealer, the one that got shot and killed by Solomon, might have been. Yeah, because well, they knew each other. They they were the ones with the connection because the guys mm-hmm. that were in the room at the time mm-hmm. asked him, "Is she good?" Yeah. The, remember also uh, in uh, Lord Baltimore. That she is with this uh, firm, this contractor firm, and the whole team were missing, yeah, and presumed dead. And those are the guys that are with her, the handler and the other guy. Yeah. So there, there's a whole theme of that. Well, and, and I we, think we that... had it with the the guys in the episode with the 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 plane that they were on. Yes. That they were mm-hmm. a, a navy unit. Exactly. They were, yeah. And then they were the Navy SEALs that were in uh, Holbeck. And yeah. that he infiltrates as uh, William Eckerfield. Yeah. They must have someone on the writing team that's either former Navy many. or have connections. Well, they, they have so many advisors. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I was reading a couple of interviews and they, uh, one interview about Michael Watkins, and it's very interesting on how many people they actually hire as consultants or like every cop that you see there is usually a former cop. Oh, really? That's interesting. That's fun. I like that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I really like how they flesh Nez out and how they present her character. She's she's utterly fantastic. And I, the fact that, that Tom relates to her as a sister and he very much was touch my sister and I will snap your neck <laughs> you know it was a very big brother sort of thing <laughs> now um who you have next um let's go into Solomon because and that reading oh my gosh really Eddie <laughs> the, the monologue was, from Moby Dick <laughs> that was a very 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 beautiful scene. I mean, that was there were beautiful words said by, should beautiful I say man. it? A beautiful man. <laughs> uh, delivering impeccably and with a lot of, because in that moment, that retreat, he takes a time to say those lines. And I found it so interesting because, well, he, he delivered impeccably, but also because when we first meet Red, he says, I may have. So you're getting a whole, um, we've had a water team, a fish team, a, um, 
a, a fishing, a, you know, water. And now you're getting Red saying he's Ahab. Uh, now you got Matthias Solomon talking, basically saying I'm Mishmael. So that you're getting a whole theme that is closing in between two shows. And is, you know, that concept of Red is Ahab, he's fishing whales. And, you know, and Ahab is a very obsessed person who's going to basically there and there and who's going to be left alive. Yeah, you know, Gina made a comment in season three that Tom was, you know, that that they said that Twinkies and cockroaches would survive the nuclear apocalypse and Mm -hmm. that uh, she thought Tom would too. (laughs) She hasn't met Solomon's that way. It's like he just can't die. (laughs) And I'm I'm glad for it because I... I honestly, with the comment last week when Tom said she betrayed her husband, she betrayed her son, she's going to betray you too, I I saw that lining up in which either Solomon would betray Scotty, Scotty would betray Solomon, something or the other, and I thought that the season would end with him dead. Um, I'm grateful that it did not. I, that's, you know, sometimes I'm wrong and I'm sad that I'm wrong, sometimes I'm wrong and I'm really happy. That's one time I'm really happy. I, I gotta say something here. When uh, Solomon is with with Scotty, with the engineers, which, by the way, we're again wearing plaid shirts. So, word to the wise, you see plaid, doubt everything you're seeing. Which terrifies me, because the roomie pretty much only wears plaid. <laughs> I think it only works on the blacklist, though. Okay, good. <laughs> Even though I'm tempted to, when I ever see, ever see somebody wearing plaid, I'm like, oh my god, you're lying. No, this is not the blacklist. Calm down. I wore a plaid shirt the other day, and, like, as I'm wearing it, walking out of the house, all I can do is laugh and think of Tessa. <laughs> your yeah, fault, it, Tessa. it gets in your mind. It, it really does. But the the one thing that I wanted to say was, what were we talking about? I completely lost track. Uh, oh, we're Solomon. Solomon, and he, ta- the, Solomon the... does. Solomon asked Scotty, did you know about this? Did you know about this? So I think in that moment where she says no, I think that Solomon saw what I saw. She is not lying about this, but she's lying about other things. And in this moment, I'm out. I will cover you. That's what he says. I'll cover you. You leave. If you know, if the, if you were really set up, he's coming after you. So let's go. And he's he's willing to cover her exit, but he's not willing to go with her. Well, he's, he's not willing to go down with her, certainly. And that's what yeah. he told Nez. Is he said, you know, they're coming and, you know, they're going to to interrogate everyone. I don't want them finding my my end of it. And which I don't really blame him. I mean, if I'd done half the stuff that Solomon had done, I mean, he would he doesn't have the cabal to get him out of prison anymore. He doesn't have Halcyon to get him out of prison anymore. He's on his own. He's burned. And so I, you know, it was, that was certainly a self-preservation to take off when he did. And it'll be interesting to see if and when there's a season two or into, you know, if they just end up wrapping it into the main show, whatever they end up doing. Because I don't think that they'll leave everything dangling. I don't think they're going to do that to us. I, so I think it'll get handled one way or the other, but it'll be interesting to see if Solomon is how far Solomon's still willing to go for Scotty? Is he willing to jailbreak her? Is he willing, or is, is she on her own now? Has he I have fulfilled his duty to her? My feel to, about that was that definitely Solomon will now find out what the truth is because my feel when he was asking her, 
was that he he knew that he knew that she was keeping things from him and in that moment when she was keeping him things from him she wasn't loyal to him so his loyalty to her terminated with him facilitating her escape and that was it that was as far as he was willing to go because solomon is not a person that is easy to fool i think but since he found that there were things and he thought that she was up and up and i don't think that at that moment he considered that to have been his debt to her was paid off it's possible but he did he did make the comment when he found nez right before he escaped he said you you've place the bet on the wrong horse or something like that you know it's you know basically you you chose howard over scotty and that's wrong and it was very interesting nez's comment to him about right and wrong and believing in that i found that very fascinating it kind of reminds me back to tom's comment in season three about uh principles and the fact that he's shown since then, even though he indicated to, to Wrestler that he avoided them, he's proven time and time and time again since then he does have them. They're just his. You know, they may yeah. not align with, with wrestlers. And, and Red's the same way. So many people in this show were that way. They have their set of principles. They have their set of code that they live by. And I think that that's really, when Nez made that comment, we saw that with Solomon. That, you know, his right and wrong... It is his, but he does have a code that he lives by. And the other people around him are aware of that. I think so. Um, it was a very, very interesting episode. They're starting to do that, of, of focusing, doing those close-up on his face. And and they serve very well the scenes in this in this episode in particular because there was a lot of things happening in his eyes mm -hmm. that we would not have been able to see. Yeah, Eddie's very expressive in his eyes. He's he's like Ryan in that way. Mm. Both of them are very good with just subtle emotions being displayed in their eyes. Um, I haven't actually started on my gift making yet, so that's usually where I I notice my super subtle stuff. Mm -hmm. like that i've been through i've seen it two and a half times now i've made it through a, half the way through a third round before being able to record this mm -hmm. but um yeah when i start my gift making that's where i'll start seeing all those those nice subtle <laughs> subtle mm -hmm. emotions and all of the all of the expressions there and i love them because they, they really do have a fantastic cast for it they just they yeah. they show rather than tell so mm -hmm. well should we go one to whom now? Oh, Jenny is the keeper of the list today. Yes, yes, I have I have it up on the computer. Uh cat. Let's go into cat and Trevor. <laughs> I mean, because they they're separate, but they're I, I do think yeah, I think we have today. to get that. It was so interesting because I mean, it was obvious that Trevor was playing a big a bigger role than we known there. Um, because you kept being there with no other, you know, either the objective to, of Trevor was for us to know what Scotty really knew or didn't know. But if that was the case, why keep having it when he was long past his due? And there you go. And I knew when, when Kat grabbed the wrong phone last week, I knew that wasn't a mistake. I knew that for some bizarre reason, Trevor had taking her phone yeah i remember you saying that it's all 
<laughs> so the beat down moment um, with the the uh, candlestick. All I could think of in that moment was Solomon from last week. No one's ever going to say you're just a pretty face. <laughs> no one will ever say that again. Not that anybody will say much about Trevor because I'm pretty sure he didn't survive that beat down. Um, I'm no, gonna... that was pretty. Um, yeah, that was pretty. Uh, that, that was the 10 he could slide. be alive. That, that was he could be alive. Slide. I like him. I, and he was he was a perfect evil guy. Oh, I just I I cheered when Cat beat the guy. I went, oh, there's the adrenaline rush. Go, Cat, go. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great it was a great because from the moment that we introduced Trevor, uh, we knew that something was going on. I mean, Scotty proved herself to be incredibly naive in. In taking a male prostitute and talking to him and imagining that in her world, a non-disclosure agreement was going to mean anything. And, and I think Kat even kind of felt that way. It was like, really? <laughs> you, know, you think that this is going to keep him quiet? Okay, because, yeah, you're going to take him to a court of law and say he said this and he's going to go, I'm a prostitute. And she was paying me to sleep with her. You know, I mean, it's... It, yeah, I mean, that's not going to hold up in a court of law. I, I don't... I mean, the, the only place that's legal is, is Las Vegas, isn't it? Um... I think that's... Yeah, I mean, you can avoid legal. him anyways. I imagine they do that. But, yeah, I mean, this is... This, this was a stupid thing to do. And... I always suspected Howard of... If Howard was able to put um, the fakes phelps in her life i think that um he needed to get an in into what she was doing and i think yeah. that was the easiest thing now i will say that i would just like to point this out and while i'm like 99 percent sure that howard <laughs> hired trevor we still we do not know for certain that do he not. hired trevor now it looks that way but it is the blacklist, and sometimes they put red herrings out there. And it Hi, all we know well. is Kat said it was his fault. And so and I think she was talking about Trevor. We don't know for sure that Trevor worked for Howard. Well, he did say she she was too smart. She didn't allow me uh, access to the computers. Yeah, he was working for somebody. That's And I, like I said, I'm like 99% sure he was working for Howard. But and I'm we, pretty sure that... that uh, our pretty cat also works for someone. Oh, really? I just don't know who it is. You think yeah. so? Because she was awful loyal to Scotty. She she won me over in this episode for her loyalty to Scotty. She may be working for whoever Scotty is working for or with. Oh, maybe. I I actually really liked Cat by the end of this episode. I think she's naive. I think she's out of her depths in that world because she was naive enough to believe Trevor. But I don't, you know, I, I think she may be socially naive, if that makes sense. Not necessarily, I think she's probably very book smart, but so very socially naive. Because she really did seem to think Trevor cared about her. True, she did. Which was, yeah, that is naive. It also, um, 
what surprised me about her was that she knew that Howard has gone off his medications. But Howard looked at anything but needing medications. Yeah, I I think that Howard's crazy was very put on. I think he's eccentric like none other, but I think that he puts on a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we. And yet, and yet, that. she didn't say anything about it. There is something about Cat that always had me. And maybe you know, if we get a second season, maybe we'll get more into that. If we don't, um, I hope they ever refer to because there's something about the way she was portraying that character that, um, I'm not sure. It was it was well done. I mean, I, I, I do not remember the name of the actress. She's really good yeah and she did you know she was doing little things that you know she she said she was very loyal to scotty well actually the guy from the board said she was loyal to scotty mm-hmm. uh or said that she knew her knew her well like cat was the one that he went to to ask mm-hmm. and and then we also saw the loyalty when she was talking to Dumont and said, she's treated me well. Like, that was her mm-hmm. response when Dumont said, I need the truth from you. Did she talk to you about this? And she said, Scotty's been good to me. And th- I thought that was an interesting response. You know, not yes or no, but Scotty's been good to me. Like, this overpowers yes or no. It's also interesting that she knew the moment that they asked her about those specific dates and they show her those transactions that she knew who it was. And instead of saying, had she been really interested in saving Scotty, her reaction would have been telling the investigators, go get this guy. Maybe. Because he, there was, you know, if she really she believed. Not, she may not have been 100% sure. I mean, I think that she was kind of spiraling at that point. She had a lot of questions, and I think she needed to look Trevor in the eye and accuse him. And when she got there, it was almost like everything was clicking into place for her when she got there and started in on him. Like, that's... She went in not not sure if it was him, and then when she started walking through it, she was like, holy crap, it was you. And then he comes at her with an ice pick. <laughs> um, I This scene reminded me when Jolene confronted uh, Tom. And we get the thing not only about Tom, but about Jolene. You know, we, we knew Jolene was working for someone. We just didn't know who it was because we see that she has a file on, on the King house and in Tom. And, but she... She only comes out and uh, about being work, about working for Berlin when we see that uh, when we see her uh, in that hotel room and this also in a hotel room or something of the sort we see that um, the same kind of scene play. I am not sure that I buy cats, uh, you know, being just spiraling because in that moment where you got the FBI on top of you and you're being accused basically of treason and you're looking at prison, I don't think your immediate instinct is to confront the guy. I think your initial instinct is to tell the FBI, listen, I have an idea where this might be and you might want to come this just to make sure that I don't go to jail. 
Yeah, that's um, fair. Just lay all your cards out on the table. Yeah, I mean, just say, listen, I don't know what this is all about, but I can give you a pointer as to where you can start to look into this, which is this male prostitute that my boss have been seeing. Because at that point, the male prostitute is nothing compared to <laughs> yeah, <right>? the charges. <laughs> that, you know, this is nothing. This is like, well, okay, well, you don't have a lot of common sense, lady. Yeah, exactly. Um Something I did find interesting, though, was that she went to Tom above everybody else. I, I'm trying to remember, and you, you, your mind catches these things sometimes better than mine does. Um, Scotty never actually told Cat. Was Cat ever there when Scotty said Tom's my son? I think it had been because she I mean, had like, said I think she probably knew. Um, but it was interesting that above anybody else, Dumont's still there. I mean, I can yeah. see her not trusting Howard. I get that, but you know, like. But she cho- she knows Tom was on Howard's side. She still goes to Tom about it. That might be a very interesting clue. You know, besides a character thing, it might be a clue that she always knew who Tom was. And that's a possibility. Because, yeah. I mean, she did... When, when she goes to meet the fake Phelps, when Scotty goes to meet the fake Phelps, before she finds out the result of this meeting... Because let's say that she found... Uh, that Scotty had found really Tom through them, she would have just gone on and tried to find this boy, you know, this my son. Yet, before this meeting happened, she cancels with Trevor. So that tells me that there is some other level going on with Kat. And I might be wrong, but to me, it feels like Kat knows things that we don't know that she knows. And that's possible. I I don't know. I've got a lot of questions with Kat, um, which is good. I suppose and she was wearing plaid. <sighs> and she was wearing plaid. First episode when we meet her, she's wearing plaid. It wore it again. It's like a death sentence with Tessa. If you're wearing plaid, good luck to you. She will never trust you. <laughs> well, Howard was wearing plaid. And the one thing that is interesting is that Scotty has never been anywhere near anything wearing plaid. And I've also seen that that Howard's worn less plaid lately. Like he's not been wearing his hat. He's yeah, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But let's move into Scotty and Howard and all of that because it's it's so intermingled. It's I mean, and all of them are in this episode. They really are. But Scotty. Oh, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. <laughs> Well, I gotta, I, I, there is some things about Scotty that I find interesting that we don't forget. I mean, she was, I do think that she is indeed Tom's mom. I don't think that there, she's a pot person. I do remember that Red said to her when we first meet her and he gets face to face, you know, there's survival, survival has limits. Uh, there is, especially for people like us. And the fact that Red is talking about Scotty and himself as belonging to whatever category that is, as being together in that category, because we don't know, since we don't know who Red is or what he's really doing, we may have suspicions, but no certainty. It's very hard to know what Scotty is. But whatever it is, Red and her belong in one category for something. Yeah. The, the other thing is, Red was also warning Tom that... Scotty keeps secrets and that her answers could not be trusted. 
And I think that still stands. I mean, I, I have a bad habit of taking Red completely at his word, as I think a lot of the fandom does. It's it's what we do. We, we want him to be honest because he's our lead male, and we want to be able to trust him and for him to be a, a solid and believable narrator. And I think, to a large extent, he is, if you know how to decipher Red speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I believe him when he says Scotty has a lot of secrets. A lot of them have to do with with Tom. And, and she's deeply manipulative. What he omitted was that Howard was even more manipulative than he Yeah, he was. oh, I, I... And he said that Howard struggles with his own demons. I, I do wonder with, with them if... Okay, I... No, that needs to wait till Howard. I, I've got a couple of theories for Howard. Um, nope. But Scotty, I I don't know. There, there's something about Howard that I think that Red would choose her over Scotty, if that makes sense. I mean, it, when, when he was talking to Scotty in season three of The Blacklist, he said, you know, that Howard never would have taken the Kirk job out of respect for their friendship. And, and that Scotty did. And so you, you get the impression he at least, even though he understands that Howard struggles with significant demons and that he has a lot of trouble of his own, he has a certain level of respect for Howard and that he does not hold for Scotty. Like, he holds respect for Scotty's intellect, for her ability to get the job done, but he doesn't trust her any further than he can see her, I don't think. And, I don't know, I, I got the impression he had a little more respect for Howard in that capacity. Well, the only thing he had ever said about Howard was that, you know, he had a b- brief professional association, which, you know, may be true. That doesn't say anything about the rest of their relationship. Exactly. Um, that was but Red Speaks. It's, it's Scotty that made the comment, just that, you know, that Howard still tells the stories, and et cetera, et cetera. He, from what Scotty was saying, I got the impression that Howard and, um, and, and Red had a friendship beyond the brief professional relationship. It may have started off as a brief professional relationship, but it turned into into more of a camaraderie at least at some point they may have been young and and getting into mischief and stuff but and and do you remember the the director um part one and two this stunt that howard pulled is red worthy oh yeah oh yeah almost make me like i do wonder i mean they gotta that that relationship gotta go pretty deep because Red says, you know, she's a brilliant strategizer, and Howard runs circles around her. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It was interesting at the end of last week's episode when Howard was... Um, showed up, you know, on on screen, and in that, that last closing scene with Scotty watching the news station... Mm-hmm. She had this look on her face like she didn't think he would dare. And so I'm still, even after the season finale, I'm still not sure how much I believe about what they've been saying about each other. If 
Howard really thinks that Scotty was trying to do something terrible if if he ever really thought she was a pod person. You know? <laughs> I mean, because in that episode... Unless he, he was, is one. He was determined she was a pod person and then just dropped it and it never got mentioned again. And, I, I think he was manipulating Tom. Oh, I do too. I do too. But with Scotty, she's... You know, she's told Howard that he's unwell. She told the board that he was unwell but dangerous. I... I don't know if it's Scotty learning just how dangerous Howard can be or finally having to accept it or if maybe the two of them aren't quite certain of how dangerous the other is, if that makes sense. I think that when we find um, openly can talk, you know, can get Secretarina because I doubt that Katarina is dead. Um, if she is, you know, we will probably see in in back in back um, back stories. But I have a feeling that we're going to find out that Katarina's relationship to Red was uh, pretty much like this. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a very and I made the comment earlier and. I think I made it on Tumblr last night when the show was airing that my, my, and I have no idea what to call them. So I just called them Hargrave squared. <laughs> you know, it works with the Keens. Might as well work with the Hargraves. I, I was very much on the train of, I want these two back together. I am currently more or less off of that train. It doesn't mean that the writers couldn't go a direction, which I would get back on. Um, because these two are spies, like the links that they go against each other are in a foreplay yeah foreplay exactly it's it's in a totally different category if certain things happen later yeah, on yeah like and like so, when when uh, Liz tells the red she tried to kill us it's just a foreplay yeah exactly she's a fascinated woman exactly oh. i mean or even the keens in season 1 with their their whole mr and mrs smith fight that they you know, a lot of people that was, they were done. They were over. That was never happening. They were so angry. And they, to this day, they hold on to that anger with a seething rage against Keen Squared. And yet there's so much that happened in between to show growth and expand on that relationship. And, you know, yeah, you know. Spies. Wrong, yeah. But, and that's what it boils down to is that when you're working with a spy show, you're working by, you're not working by reality's rules. I mean,. Yeah, this as I as I always say, this is not the husband beating up the wife because she asked for a cold one, and she, and she didn't deliver a really cold beer, and or the wife hitting him with a frying pan because she didn't like his tone. Yeah, exactly. This and so like right now where they stand, I'm like. Well, I guess that ship is, it's at least dead in the water for me, but it's not quite sunk yet. Like, it's the blacklist. They could come back together, and they may never come back together. Who knows? I, like, but it's, they are fascinating, and good grief, I'm starting to be really, well, I, I say that, I was going to say that I'm really glad Tom wasn't raised by them, because he'd be more screwed up emotionally than he is already, but... If they hadn't lost Christopher, they might be entirely different. I, I think they would be entirely different people right now. I think that that losing their son was a catalyst for a lot of things. 
I do think that that is to an extent true, but I have a feeling that their relationship was always like that. And I have certain theories that I know make people very uncomfortable in which Tom and Liz are somewhat related, not to a point that, you know, oh my God, Iki, um, you got to understand any, that. Any yeah. biological relationship between Tom and Liz is Iki. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I know I we know. disagree on this, but I will yeah. always have the ugh sort of reaction to that. <laughs> I, you know, I have European roots, and and you know, it's it's you know, cousins, second cousins. Yeah, it, you I, know. I, I know what you're saying, and I'm personally, I will always have that reaction to that. And so, yeah, like we can, it's nothing against you. I just will always have that reaction. I know, I know, and I, and I know that that would be an uncomfortable subject. You know, as a as a as a person with European roots. Um, in South American roots, I can see how that in the United States that is seen very different. Although I did, you know, some research on it and it's not a uniform. Um, it goes, it varies by state and all that. But anyway, whatever the, the, the thing is, there is something about Howard and Scotty and Red and Katerina for the little things that we have seen of Red and also Red and Carla that tells me this man and these women don't have relationships that even relate remotely to what we call relationships. Healthy relationships. <laughs> yeah, they're they're spies. They're they're. I mean, Red calls Madeline foreplay. I mean, woman... it would honestly these people would get bored if they had normal relationships. Oh yeah. And so, like, I think Tom and Liz are probably the most normal out of all of these people in what they want out of their relationship and how they react to each other. Once they they are the ones that have broken the mold in which they had the unhealthy part and then they realized it was unhealthy and they fixed it. And now where they're at is a healthy place. I don't mm -hmm. think that their predecessors had the fixing yeah, no, you never know. And when we, if and when Katarina comes back, that may get fixed. The Hargraves may fix themselves. We don't know. We don't know mm -hmm. where this is going. But as it stands right now, yeah, the Hargraves, the Hargraves are doing normal. their spending. <laughs> it doesn't look normal. And but I, but I'm willing to say, you know what? This is a different reality. Yeah, I yeah exactly, and that's what I mean. Like when when I say that I'm off of that ship, I'm not like screaming and ranting mm. that it's a horrible ship or anything like that. I'm just saying, well, they might come back to it. They might not. Who knows? We'll see where. It Let goes me ask you like something. Did you believe that she was uh that that she was sad? And what did you think about Tom not going? You know, he goes over there and he just holds her. Oh, that whole scene. I think he was really torn. Um, but it is the scene in which I sat there. And I, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I've done very well to, like, plug my ears, cover my eyes and go, Howard's a good guy. Leave me alone with my thoughts. Because <laughs> mm. um, I did not want to believe it. Um, that moment when he says... When she says, can can you believe everything Howard says about me? And he says, today I can. I was like, and we're doomed. <laughs> I, 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 the logical, the, the writer in me went, it's like a flashing neon sign. We are doomed. Howard is a baddie. This is happening. And like, 
I couldn't even enjoy my father-son hug to the degree that I would have, even to the degree that I enjoyed the Scotty and Tom hug a few episodes ago. I just couldn't enjoy it in that moment enough because today I can was in the battering around well, my mind going. She, if she hadn't sent Solomon to hit him with a with a, oh, she screwed so, herself with, there. Bad yeah, up. I mean that was pretty much a bad move. Yeah, like if she had come to him, but she doesn't know him well enough. I, I don't think she knows what he's been through with Liz. The fact that he understands the links people will go to. I, I don't think she has that full understanding of what all Tom has been through and what he might be able to accept. If she had come to him after that and sat down and talked with him about it, she might have been able to convince him. Instead, she went for the Solomon do your thing and then he beat the crap out of him. And Tom's like, okay, well, thank you for that blaring. <laughs> you know announcement that you're not to be trusted the 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 other thing is i find interesting and and i think that scotty should have known that you know tom is is a, is a different person because she never even says hey you told me that your wife was dead but i heard that uh, she's quite alive i know i was really looking forward to that i I'm really going to be looking forward to the, the DVD and Blu-ray release to this because I'm hoping that we'll get a lot of extras on it and cut scenes and the whole bit um, because I, I'm really looking forward to things that I was hoping would be covered like that that they must have just cut for time because we have a whole conversation from the pilot episode between he and Liz about what that I assume is about him taking the job. Mm-hmm. That we saw pictures of. She was in a, a shirt that we never saw her in in the episode. And there was a phone conversation that we never mm-hmm. saw aired. And you would assume that's him going, what should I do? Are you okay with me taking this job? I feel like I need to know more. You know, that I'll call you, babe, I'm going to have to call you back. Him calling her back, basically. And we never saw that air. So I'm really hoping that there are going to be deleted scenes. And... I don't know when they'll release this on DVD, uh, but I would assume maybe midsummer if it goes in the same route as, mm-hmm. as Blacklist. I'm going to guess it's going to go on Netflix, you know, I mean, which I, I bought the Amazon, so going on Netflix is kind of meh, but it tends, the DVDs and Netflix tend to be released about the same time. Yeah, I, there's a lot there. There's a lot there, um... But let's talk about Scotty there. I mean, she did such a great job in this episode. I mean, we we saw her last episode just basically just the 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 in you know in hostages just sliding down mm-hmm. and like you know it's my son and and I love the moment between she and Solomon where he says, "Well, how what are we gonna do once we get Whitehall?" And she said, "Can we not just deal with one one um." Crisis at a time. Crisis at a time. Thank you. And I'm just sitting there going, that's that's so accurate. Because, I mean, really, they are. They've just had crisis after crisis piled upon them. And take it one step at a time. And I think that's the only way she's... Like, she's, she's a very anxious person, it seems like. I mean, we saw when... When she was on her way to... About to go to the hospital when Tom escaped last, last week. Mm-hmm. That she was she was running the the uh, yeah the rubber, rubber rubber baby, baby bump. yeah I can't say it. Um, that one <laughs> the, the tongue twister 
Um, and so that she was going through that. And so we that's that's the tip off that she is incredibly anxious and very nervous about whatever's happening and trying to refocus in and gain control of the situation. And so she's and she went straight from that into this. I mean, they they've just had a rough time of it. Yeah, she, there, there is, I mean, I know that the second that, that he gets that conference, that Scotty knows she's doomed. She's just fighting against, you know, Well, I don't know hope. that. I, I don't know that because I think that the, the tip off for her was when the, uh, when the board member came to her, when she was on the run after Whitehall. Mm. And that board member came to her with this, quote-unquote, evidence against her. And she's going, I don't know where that came from. What is this? And you start seeing all this stuff that just screams of a setup. And, I mean, the viewers see it because we, we watch to Liz with the cabal. And we're already kind of ready to accept setups in the blacklist because they happen all the time. And I think that that's the moment when she realized, because she had already said Howard plays dirty. I think she finally realized just how dirty he was playing and how screwed she was. Unless I, she... I got that feeling right there on the interview when she's watching and she's, there's that, you know, it's a cloud that comes over mm. her. No, I think she knew the weight of the situation then. When, like I said earlier, it's she had that look like she didn't think he would dare, you know, come out into the open. Mm. And once he did, it put her in a very, I mean, and she made the comment to Whitehall. She said, you know, we have to, some people have to live in the shadows. And I think she does. And when he came out into the open, into the light, then it forced her out there well, and I, as well. And I don't think she works well in the light. She is very much a shadow worker. It's an excellent comment about somebody has to live in the shadow so the others live in the light. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a sentiment expressed by Red a lot. And Yeah, the sin eater. It reminds mm -hmm. me very... And Scotty and... I had someone... Um, I saw on Tumblr someone made the comment that... Um, Do you think this will eventually mean that Red will turn out like Howard? And... I think that Scotty and Red are probably much more aligned than Red would like to admit or like to acknowledge in the way their characters are pulled about. Now, I will say there are a lot of daddy issues in this show. <laughs> Someone's working through something in the writing. How about a mommy issues? Well, now there are, but I mean, I, I guess I'm saying that I probably should have known Howard would be a bad guy because... It's like Tom is the single dad on this show that is not just off the wall crazy. And it's only because he's handled all of his super dark stuff before the kid was born. You know, I mean, like he's been there and done all of this and is at the top end of his redemption arc versus starting out. And, mm -hmm. and who knows if Scotty and Howard and a lot of them will actually get a redemption arc. I mean, you hope so. I think Scotty will. Howard, I'm kind of on the on the fence about right now. I, I'm willing to go and say that Red will very much be like Howard, and Red is very much like Scotty. Yeah. 
Um, I think that they have different elements of each. It's like you, you have the, a, a few ingredients and you make the characters with different mixes of the ingredients. But I think that Red plays long games like Howard. Mm-hmm. And Red is like Howard planning 10 strategies ahead. Yeah, and, and that's, yes, Howard's great at the long game, which is kind of terrifying. And, um, and just because uh, Red doesn't lie to Liz and and Howard lies to Tom doesn't mean that they're that different. It just means... Yeah, choices. Yeah, yeah well, Red, Red doesn't need to lie. He uses uh, his first... It's a longer game with Liz than Howard has with Scotty because this whole thing happened after Scotty got... Uh, Whitehall. So all of this is before he got that um, Scotty acquired Howard um, Whitehall in um, in February, February, which means that up until February, how uh, well, Whitehall six... and Howard were working fine. Yeah, and it said six months before she'd gone to the board, mm-hmm. and so that that part's been going on for six months, and then he disappeared. Yes, he um, disappears after after December when she's in, uh, instated as the uh, head of the board. Yeah. So I, I've mentioned a couple of times, I have two working theories right now for Howard. Mm-hmm. And these could neither be right. One of them could be right. Who knows what's going to happen. But right now, as it stands, I have two working theories. One is that Howard's a pod person. Because I, I do say that if... They brought that up. They had an entire episode about it and then dropped it. And with the blacklist, a lot of times when they do stuff like that, that's when you need to be watching. (laughs) It's for it to pop back up when you supposedly least Mm -hmm. expect it. And so I do wonder about that. The things that make me hesitant on that are, one, if they don't get a second season, that would be very difficult to work into the blacklist. Because they would have to go through and re-explain that craziness to the group that did not watch Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, you could very easily bring Howard in to the blacklist without, as long as he was Howard. But if you had to explain, he's he looks like Howard, but he's not really Howard because there's really these pod people and all of this happened to explain it. Like, it just wouldn't flow well. Um, so yeah, that you, would need, you would probably need a good five minutes of, of back flashes into the bad, into Redemption. I mean, ten. Um, <laughs> but, um, so th- that makes me hesitant on that one, as well as Liz's comment about she saw Tom in his eyes. You can fake a lot of things. You can get surgery and make your face look different. You can't change the eyes. And that's, that's what really, I mean, she could have said- Or expressions or, or she little things. She could have said a lot of things that she saw Tom in him. She specifically said the eyes, and she knows her husband well. It wasn't just a flippant comment, and so that that makes me hesitant. So he could be a pod person, but those things make me kind of hesitant on that. And the second thing that popped into my head, either late last night or early this morning, because I swear I fell asleep thinking about this episode and woke up thinking about it like 5.30 in the morning when my cat decided, this is your day off, that doesn't matter. Um... (laughs) But is that it's possible because, I mean, it's up in the air if, if Redemption will get a season two or not. And so I think that they probably had a trapdoor to be able to work this in to Blacklist if they didn't get a season two. 
what if, because I do not believe for one second that Dembe Zuma poisoned Raymond Reddington. I just don't. I think it was a setup. I I don't know how. We're, I'm really excited for next week to find out. But there there is a big bad that we have not, probably have not met yet. Someone that is on par with Reddington, that has him running in circles, that has him guessing and scraping and nearly dying. Mm-hmm. What if Howard Hargrave is the big bad and he thinks Red is going to cause an issue with his whole Whitehall thing and is going to step in there for some reason and could be an issue? What if he's trying to kill Red before he becomes an issue? Um, I don't see anything top of my head that I could disprove the theory with. It's it's just one of those that's a possibility. I mean, I I hope not. I, I really want Howard to love Tom, but <laughs> I I, I would be less. more inclined to say that Red in the Red is working with Howard on something. And it's possible, yeah. I just like that that popped into my head, the idea that Howard could potentially be the big bad, because we're looking for this big bad that knows Red well. And so, I, Scotty's got enough of her issues. She's not doing that. I, you know, she's got enough problems without trying to add Raymond Reddington onto it. I think she does her best to stay off his radar. Well, he also, she also refused to kill Red. So, yeah. if she was a big bad, you know, wouldn't yeah. that be an easier thing? Yeah. And so, I, and it could be neither of those there could be something i haven't even contemplated yet and who knows if i'll come up with it or not before it actually comes out but working howard in that way would be interesting i it would break my fan heart but it would be fascinating um that's kind of how i feel about this entire episode like it was insanely good writing but it broke my heart (laughs) i'm still i think tessa was a little worried about me last night (laughs) What was it I texted you with? I was like, I I feel very betrayed right now was my statement. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was expecting something like this. I thought that they may have been a third person and I still think there is just not as I imagined. I don't think this third person, I think Scotty is working or aligned with something else. I don't know that this something else is... an interest opposed to the country. I don't think that that's the reason, but I think they are working at odds against each other. And I think that the reason for that is an unknown element. And I think this unknown element that we are not seeing in redemption and, and the unknown element in the blacklist is all the same. Yeah. And it very well could be because I, one thing that has not been disproven is that these two are very tightly tied. I think they are. And I, I do think that there's a possibility that next week on Redem- or on Redemption, on, on the main show when it comes back, I would love for them to have Agnes's birthday party over there and for Tom to slip in very quickly. I mean, because it, be, it would be difficult in the way that it was difficult to film with Megan on last week's episode. But they could very easily do the birthday party, have that on the blacklist, and have Tom pop into the birthday and go, babe, I'm not done. 
you know, I came to see, yay, I've seen my baby girl, yay, I've seen my wife, I'm not done, I'm going to be gone for a little while longer, and which would explain the several weeks without Tom Keene at all. And it, it would be a good way, I, I hope it's not just a phone call. It could also, just, I could see that just being a phone call to explain it, and I hope not, because good grief, let this man see his family. <laughs> well, I think that, they, they you know, there may be a, a lot of ways they can play this. It also might be that the birthday is something they filmed a while ago and they go yeah. for that. It could also be that just because it happens, the episodes happen a week apart, doesn't mean that in real life they're going to happen a week apart. I mean, this could be very well that um, the blacklist starts the very same day that this ends and yeah. then we get it's a week passes because Tom says that this is the next week or something like that. Is that what he yeah. says about yeah, he said, um, in, in a week, my, my little girl turns one. Yeah. So th that is where you say that could be that the next episode of the blacklist takes place over a couple of days, especially because we apparently have one that is basically uh, a, a backstory episode. So, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we do know that Tom was talking to Liz in the hotel room and said, I should be home by dinner. My, my flight's in two hours. I should be home by dinner. Granted, he probably didn't make that flight considering Kat showed up bleeding out on his doorstep. Um, mm -hmm. you, you would imagine that he had to handle that and didn't just leave her bleeding in the hotel room. That's pretty sure he didn't do that. Um, so, but how much he had to do and how long that delayed him, there's no way to know mm -mm. until, but I'm hoping we'll get something. I, and I imagine we almost have to get something this next week. And so that's the good thing about them being so tightly tied and something we wouldn't necessarily have if Tom weren't still tightly tied to Liz and to Agnes. You know, if they had broken them up or something, we could be waiting indefinitely to find out what happened to Tom Keene. But thankfully, he's still tied tightly with the main cast. And we should find out at least, even if it's just a comment dropped, what's going on and have an idea. Mm. And uh, there is, uh, I think as we go into the past with Red, all these things, everything that we are seeing came to be between 1988 and 1990. Those years is where everything happened. Everything that we see happened in that, you know, vicinity, you can even stretch it to 1994, but I think by 1994, everything was already set in, 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 in motion. So those years are very, very important, and those are very also important years in the Cold War. Yeah, I, I do think that it means something that Tom and Liz were both taken around the same time. I, I think that's important. I mean, otherwise, why, why would they both be around four years old when all of this happened? When Liz shot and supposedly killed her father and... When it could also be related not about the age, but about the time. Yeah, that, you that's know? what um, I mean. I mean, because yeah. they're the same age. Like, I mean, they, that, that's the... A year apart. Uh, no, I think they were both, eight, yeah, they were both born 85. No, Tom was born in 84. Mm -mm. He was 85. 84, he was born on August 84. Uh, that's what is in the birth certificate. Is and it? Okay. Yeah, August I'll 10th. I'll have to go back and look. 
and then he was taken at four at three because he was taken before his birthday. Okay. They're in the sand making castles. So that's what the the thing about my boy being three, my boy being four, he was yeah. three, he was four, is because he was right at that cost. Yeah. And and I think that Liz uh fire also happened very near a cusp of her birthday. Because if I'm, my theory is correct and that fire happened in uh, Russian Orthodox uh, or any Orthodox uh, at Christmas, it, that, that's January. And Liz's birthday is somewhere in, in March. So, she, yes, she was four, but she was almost five. Yeah, and that's assuming that the birthday that Sam told her she had is her actual birthday. Yes. We don't know that for sure. She made the comment in season two, she doesn't even know if that's her birthday. Mm. Well, the red, the fact that red remembers. That's true. You know, that's true. It's pretty, pretty solid. That, okay. that red, you know, gives her. A, but it could, it could very well be a year because let's say that you have a child so severely traumatized that basically she wait, she loses a year. Uh, you know, some they. It's not that they drop her with Sam and that was it. They drop her with Sam and then she had her memory. Re, uh, um. It's not eraser, is memory extension process happened. This is not something that happened overnight. There's things here that we don't know about Liz's past. Right. I mean, and I think we're about to get a lot of answers in these episodes, which mm-hmm. is exciting for me. Which okay. give us to the last, last character that we have here, Tom. I mean, we've been talking about Tom. Tom has been, you know, through a, a, a running link throughout all of this. But man, that was that was a heartbreaking episode. Yeah, it was. I mean, and and he was back and forth, and you could tell when he was talking to Scotty in that scene that mm. he wants to believe her. He, you know, but right now he just can't risk it. His his trust is with his dad, and I I don't blame him for it. I mean, Scotty had him beat to hell. I wouldn't trust her right now either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and that's, I'm sitting there shouting at my television during the scene when she's like, you have to admit that it's cruel that, that he sent you in here and wouldn't let you tell me. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's accurate. I've already, you know, I, I'd thought about that, how horrible that is. But that would hold more weight if she hadn't just tortured him for information. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we said earlier, Scotty, bad call, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then and then she she you know she, even though in that very very moment that was so emotional she's like calculating. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that was a very good thing because you really saw how I feel about you, huh? Yeah, and and Scotty has, and that's the problem I've always had with Scotty. Yes, she's she shows her vulnerabilities, but it's a calculated risk that she makes every time she shows herself as vulnerable. It's for a calculated reason. She's a manipulator like none of... Like, Tom has nothing on her, and he's a master manipulator. And, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, she has him running in circles. Howard has him running in circles. All of them have... (laughs) And I'm sitting here going, these people are insanely good because Tom Keene is a talented liar. He's a talented Mm -hmm. manipulator. And so... And so is Red. Yeah, and so the fact that, that Scotty is able to do this to him and able to keep him guessing like that, that, that means something. And I I both trust and don't trust Scotty. I, I'm so torn on Scotty Hardgrave. I really am. And I, I That think, was a powerful scene at the end when she just looks up like, 
Oh, yeah. And in the scene where, I mean, Tom made sure he was in front of her when she was being marched out because he had been watching uh, back in the, like, he mm-hmm. purposefully walked out so she would have to walk past him. I think he was trying to gauge. Yeah. Yeah. It, very, very interesting. And it's funny because, it, you know, the the in this episode, it was far more about Scotty and Howard than it was really about Tom. Oh, yeah, definitely. Tom kind of took a – he was just kind of being jerked around everywhere. And to be fair, he's kind of been jerked around this entire season. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's very and, much and like you know, Liz. Liz does that too. It, like, you'll look up and you're like – this poor woman, I would be pissed off too if I were her because she's just being pulled this direction and that direction mm-hmm. and there's never, you know... Oh, no, you don't need that answer now. Go go get the next blacklister. Yeah. By the way, he might kill you, but I am looking out for you. I know, so and you're... And that's kind of how Tom is right now. Is in, in the way he reacted and the fact that he put himself in her line of exit to watch her... While I think that, yes, he trusts Howard right now, I do think that he thinks it's possible that Scotty was set up and that Howard is wrong. I don't think he thinks Howard did the setting up, but I do think that he thinks there is a possibility that mm-hmm. Scotty was set up. The, you know how this, the second season is going to go, right? He's going to go back in uh, undercover in Alcyon, With this time spying on Howard. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I can guarantee that's what is going on. This poor man. Can he just stop spying on his family? First his wife, then his mom, now his dad. Like, just let him go home to be in his family. (laughs) I know, no, I know that so many people are like, I hate domestic Tom. And, like, I don't get me wrong. I love Spy Tom. I do. And, like, I would not, I'd be very sad if they ever just made him domestic Tom. But, as a fan of Tom Keen in his many layers, I'm like, can can we please have both? Can he just love his his wife and child? Like, give him five minutes with both of them. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, well, at the same time that we, you know, we're being laying, it's very interesting the way this is going. And you have to sometimes look at the entire picture, in my view, yeah. because we've been setting up this parallels between uh, Howard and Red. I mean, both are obviously brilliant manipulators that can play games that take brilliant manipulators and turn them in circles uh between red and scotty by that comment of red that you know they're people like us between between red and tom in all these parallel scenes and imagery they've been using between tom and liz between with all these things are being set up and and i think that in order to see uh, my once we finish the the season, I'm gonna have to do a total and thorough rewatch because I think that the we're being told a lot more than we realize we have. I agree. I I'm gonna definitely do. I will do a, a rewatch of season four and of Redemption after. And I oh, may I'm going I may all do. Seasons. I was gonna say I may do one through Redemption or well, one through. I'm going four seasons of the Blacklist four, yeah. and Redemption. Yeah. So I, I love that you can like it, it just intertwines so well. It's it makes yeah. me happy. <laughs> yeah, as I said, is it is the same DNA? You start wondering, huh? Yeah. Do you mean ends. that as in the same kind of show, or is the word DNA put in there for a reason? As in, 
oh yeah, these people are far more into tween that you really want to know. Because I think that there is something there. And I mean, remember that we've only met briefly Katerina's father. We have no idea of Katerina's mother. I've wondered about that. We have no idea what's going on in there, what's his situation, because everybody suspects and, and assumes that he was uh, a sleeper spy. But we have seen zero confirmation of it. Yeah, there was a tweet. There was a tweet yeah. that people have gone off of. Oh, and there's a, a tweet by Daniel Nauf, please. I mean, that man speaks in red speak, so unless you're oh, fluent in it, don't even go there. I mean, canon is not tweets. Yeah, and, and I do agree with that. I I think it's a possibility um, that, that Dom was an agent for somebody. I could totally see it, but we don't have any proof of that yet. Mm-mm. And we may never. It may just be one of those things that it's left up to the imagination. I mean, you can't have answers for everything. I, yeah. I know that, like, individual people, and I, I'm guilty of this, that I'll take on and I will hold on to something. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I need this answer. Like, Gina and Tom in season three, uh, was it Budapest? Should have said yes. Was it Budapest? It was something like that. Um, yeah. But it should have said yes. Mm-hmm. I will never know what she should have said yes to. They're never going to give me that. But I want to know. <laughs> I mean, did he propose? Did he said to get out? I yeah. have a feeling he was or, getting or out. The, or the chain that Tom that Tom just shows up with in the boat after being held captive there for like two months Suddenly he's wearing a chain around his neck. They are never going to tell me if that was his wedding ring at the end of it. But damn it, I'm convinced it was. <laughs> so, I mean, things like that. Like, everybody has their thing that they they fixate well, on. And, and they and want. And a the, lot, it, if you were to ask the writers, they'd go, what's wrong with you? That doesn't matter. Move on. <laughs> well, in the blacklist, that is not so easy to do. Because... I mean, we we find things, and I find, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, whenever they dangle something there and then take it away immediately, and it it should be something important, it's a clue. I mean, it has an that's a neon the blacklist way of having a neon flash with flash with arrows pointing saying clue. You know, you there is this is not that that. I mean, consider this. They show us, for example, uh, Reddington's wife. I mean, can you can you show somebody more important in their life that the wife dangle there for a couple of episodes? Gone. We got Katerina's father dangle out. They mentioned Jennifer, who supposedly is or may not be Fred's daughter, but her name was Jennifer Reddington, and then. About goes every time that we get a little something like this and he and he's out oh wow yeah just that's a yeah. clue and, it, yeah. and so in redemption i think it's the same thing you're you're seeing the same kind of things happening and i think that redemption let me put it this way people who don't watch who don't watch the blacklist and was and watch redemption they'll be fine people who watch the blacklist and don't watch redemption they will be fine as well but if you watch both shows you're getting a primer on the blacklist in redemption that will allow you to get to the truth a lot faster 
than those yeah. who have it like hammered into their heads. I think watching both shows is for people that are obsessed with mythology. <laughs> and so it's that, yeah, are you is that by me any chance be me? In me. Just like oh, we're both in the same boat there. I yeah, I, I'm obsessed with mythology. That's it's one reason I'm looking forward to these next episodes so much on the main oh. show. Like that I, yeah. I saw some some preview pictures of Kate and young Liz and I'm just like did you notice that's a, that that's a night of the fire? Is it? Oh, because the 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 um. She has the same nightgown. nightgown. She's it's all different like blackened out. Different hair, though. I mean, it's a different kid. But... Because they use the same the different actors. I don't know if the hair is gonna mean something, or because the problem with child actors is unless you they film all up. the scenes yeah. at the same time, they grow up. And you know now, Gillian uh, uh, Labeling, who played the actress there. You know, this is three years later. There is no way on earth she can play a four-year-old. I mean, yeah. she was already like nine when she filmed, like as, as a four. Yeah, yeah, and they they do that. But um, so I don't know. I I do wonder because I mean, it wouldn't take a whole lot to put either a, a put wig. a wig on or curl this kid's hair, but it's straight. And so I'm just like, mm, you know, that's. I wonder if it's a difference because they talked about that Liz's memories are skewed. Even if she's seeing these memories, they're skewed. That they're out of order. That she's probably replacing certain things and getting things mixed up. And so, or is a way of of having shown us the reality and then yeah. tell us, oh, but it's not that. Yeah, exactly. Because and Dr. So Orton... Yeah, it, it'll be fascinating to find out. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, we, we've already, this is a much longer podcast than we, we've been doing, yeah. but there was just so well, much. We will, we will, I think what we'll do is we will, over this, this summer, get a special episode going about a total review of the, of the, uh, of Redemption, because I think it certainly merits, and I think that once we get some answers in the blacklist, we're going to look at Redemption in a very different way way because they were very specific about wanting those episodes those eight episodes right where they had them yes so you gotta consider that there is a reason for that and that might be apparent in season four i i am of the belief that we're gonna get either five and a half or six seasons of the blacklist i, I so. don't think that it that it supports more than that and is otherwise it's gonna start limping yeah, and I don't, I don't think these writers are going to do that. And so I, I'm hoping for season two of Redemption. I'm hoping for all the amazing things. It just more blacklist. That's all I ask for. More quality blacklist. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> all the blacklists all the time. No, no. Uh, let, let's just drop Redemption in every time there's a hiatus. No hiatuses mm -hmm. for us. Just drop Redemption in. Go for it. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, because I was talking to someone the other day. They're like, oh, do you have some time off the podcast? Because, you know, you're going into a hiatus. I said, oh, no, the, the main show's back next week, and it's a double episode. We're actually going to have to buckle down and really go at it. And they went, really? Because didn't Redemption just And I said, yeah, it was stuck down in hiatus for the main show. And mm -hmm. now that Redemption's done, the main show's back on. They were like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> I was like, here we go. It's yeah. a race. I would, I would love, in fact, to, to have make Redemption into a 12-episode run and have stuck that in that first ridiculous uh, hiatus they have. Which one? The summer? The no, summer. the first one between... Oh, Christmas? 
Yeah, yeah. The problem with that is it's over Christmas and people are traveling. And, like, I, I understand that hiatus a whole lot more than I do the spring hiatus. All right, give me four at the end. I'll yeah. take the four yeah. at the end. It's, you know, maybe do eight and then do 12 during the summer, you know, like go through the summer. Uh, USA does summer stuff, or at least they used to. I don't know if they still do. Um, they, they'd have some, they used to be my go-to for like when everything was off during the summer, I would go to U- the USA network and watch, you know. You, you could also start a, a little earlier in, instead of September, you mm-hmm. could get a few episodes in there. I think it also depends because I have, I'm of a firm opinion that the, the placing of redemption means something. So let's I say think, yeah. where they go next year, if we get, you know, renewed or not, if we get the blacklist renewed, I don't doubt the blacklist is renewed. And quite honestly, I, I don't doubt that redemption is it's going to be renewed and my reasoning is this is not a rating show this is a different kind of animal this is an experiment this is a whole different thing from from a show that basically takes a, a, a day or two of filming for an episode this takes 10 weeks this is this is really movie quality and i also i feel like eight episodes dropped into 10 o'clock on thursday night they knew the ratings weren't reading. going to be great. And so, like, I, I do wonder if when they okayed this, that they talked to NBC. I mean, because they had to talk to NBC. And if they had some sort of understanding there. I, I have no idea what happened behind behind yeah. closed doors. None of us do. And so it's all speculation. We'll find out soon-ish. I, I don't know when they release something probably for me. redemption. Probably before this, the, the uh, season ends. But... I am. I'm confident. I have. I'm one of those fans that I loved everything. I even. I used to have very harsh views on continuity, and there were episodes that I hated. I remember I hated Alistair Pitt when it happened, and you know what? On subsequent rewatches, I have realized. I was wrong. I judge a little harsh in what I thought was continuity errors. I've gone off that horse a long time ago. They're not. They're clues. Yes, and, and I'm right there with you. I, I used to be one of the louder individuals griping about continuity and that they needed mm. to get with it on continuity. And someone, you know, obviously they were missing it up and blah, 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 blah. I just needed to learn a little more patience. And now, mm. like, the, the writers have my patience now. And mm. I judge every other show off of the very high bar that the writers mm. on the blacklist and now Redemption have yeah. set. And I think that there is there is one exception that, that was just simply impossible for them to keep the continuity and it's not a clue, which was uh, the baby, the pregnancy. Uh, and that is because of the timing where this thing happened. Yeah. And the and how big Megan got because a woman's pregnancy is very different from another woman's pregnancy. Yeah. And you know, generally, I mean, she was showing when she was four months. She was showing a lot, and well, so by the you're... time she was six, and Liz was yeah. supposed to be three, didn't make any sense. Yeah. So they introduced jumps as they could, but especially as you know, she was coming off the run, and then it was they had a date in the TV, and then Red says it was five weeks, but then it was to be three months. I think that was unavoidable because they were dealing with items that and they. Then there's also the 1994 and Tom being 14 when the major p- picked him up. Yes, he was supposed to be 14, but they've they have retconned that because yes. I don't think at the time they ever planned to delve a whole lot that deeper into deep, his yeah. background, but that's. 
because Ryan's talked about that they started talking about redemption when they filmed the Tom Keen episode. That the very first whispers started with that episode. And so when they put that date on there, they weren't expecting all of this. And so they they shifted. They shifted all of that. And, you know, it happens. I, I, I am much more willing to deal with that as long as the mythology is not compromised. And Yeah, well, they hadn't cast... Famke, they hadn't cast mm-hmm. any of it because they didn't even know that they, they were going to go that direction. I do find one thing, and extremely, in, is that they they have actors in the blacklist playing very close to the real ages, and they had Tom being a lot older than Ryan is. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, we will be back next week. Uh, hope everybody has a good uh, Easter weekend for those, those that are doing YouTube. stuff. Yeah, yeah um, be safe and travel travel safely if you are. Um, you can catch us on iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud. And if you'd like to leave a, uh, a comment for us, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. We love chatting with you guys. And... We will be back on uh, the 16th episode of The Blacklist next week. And that is going to be a double episode and is going to be a roller coaster, I think. So up until then, have a a very happy Easter if you celebrate. And I still believe in Dembe. I don't think Dembe is a baddie. (laughs) Oh, I have no (laughs) doubts about it. You know, I've made several posts about it. There is no way on earth. Just because, not because... I don't think that Dembe, you know, if Red did sufficiently horrible things, I don't think that Dembe would not have taken his matters in his own hands. But he can just take a gun and kill him. There is no need for this elaborate things. And why rush him to the to a, a doctor yeah. instead of just letting him die from the poison? Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Just lock him in the in the closet and he will appear dead. And he said, "Hey, I was trying to help him, and it didn't work out." Like they're gonna find Oops. out. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week, and hopefully we'll have answers both about Dembe and about Liz and Red and Kaplan, and I'm so excited. I think Kaplan was the nanny, the nanny bodyguard. All right. We will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. All right. See you next week.